ministry. I'm Steve Anderson, interim pastor, here to help your church with pastoral duties and uh, to work with you, helping you find your next uh, senior pastor. Harriet and I uh, are really enjoying getting to know you all. Um, I wish you were still wearing those name tags because those were really helpful. But aren't you glad to be part of this family of God? Yeah, praise God. Today, I decided rather than launch into a new sermon series, that I'd rather preach a kind of a couple of one-off sermons and talk about God's faithfulness. And I want to preach this in a way that lets you know a little bit more about your interim pastor, who I am, what moves and motivates me. Uh, But before we go there, um, let's pray, shall we? God, thank you so much for your presence here today. You've told us that whenever your people gather, you are here in our midst. And we sense you in some sweet and wonderful ways, but we ask through the preaching of your word that you would manifest your presence here today. Touch our hearts where we need to be shifted, shift us, where we need to be changed, change us, where we need our faith to grow larger, grow us. We want to be more what you desire us to be. And uh, the psalmist in Psalm 19 said that your word is more precious than gold. Make that true for us. Your word is sweeter than honey. Make that real in our experience today. And I would pray, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Have you ever had one of those moments when the things that you believe about God suddenly become so real that you are experiencing and living what you have long said you believe? Have you ever had one of those times when you see God's hand of blessing in your life and see that it is greater and grander than you can ever have imagined? You know, we believe that God is involved with us in this world, and, but sometimes we're blind to it. We believe that God cares for the details of our lives, but for many of us, we go through days and weeks and sometimes months and years uh, kind of oblivious to that fact. We believe that God is incredibly good and that however he touches our lives, it will be good. It will be good. But often we look at what's going on in our lives and we can't figure out how. So have you ever had those moments when God lets you see and your faith is taken to somehow the next level to trust God more and believe him more? That's what I want to talk about today and to encourage you with this thought. It's rarely about what you think it's about. God is always doing something with us that is beyond what we could imagine. He takes the challenges and and the struggles and the difficulties and even the mundane boredom of our lives and is doing something with it that is absolutely astounding. So let me tell you three stories from my life where God showed me he was doing something better and bigger and wonderful. Summer of 1968... To many of you, seems like ancient history, but it was the summer before my uh, sophomore year in 
Bethel College, and I was in the Bethel College choir, and uh, we took their first choir tour to Europe, and it was a crazy itinerary, 13 countries in five weeks with concerts almost every night. And uh, we were in Scotland for three days, three miserable days of cold, rainy, foggy weather, dark and cold and wet. But I thought this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience, so I was trying to make the most of it. I was going to take it all in, but Britain weather was miserable. They parked our buses, and uh, we crossed by ferry to a little touristy village called Danoon on the Firth of Clyde, and we found ourselves in a Gaelic music festival, and then we were hosted in homes overnight, and we woke up our last morning in Britain to the most glorious sunny day. So mid-morning, we asked our hosts where we could take a walk to see the countryside. And our sweet hostess said, well, at the end of the street is a path that will take you up behind the village and onto the Bray, the high hillside, to overlook the noon, and you can see across to Greenock, and may, it may be clear enough for you to see all the way to Glasgow, several miles away. So four girls and five guys headed off for a bit of a hike. And for more than an hour, we walked this glorious hillside through a tree farm to a vista that I can only describe as just breathtaking. And as a young college sophomore, so deeply appreciating this experience, overcome with this beauty, so impressed with this vast vista of God's creation, I lagged behind the team a bit and overwhelmed with emotion. I just prayed out loud to God and said, Lord, this is so glorious, and I'm so blessed to be here and see this place. And God, if I ever have a family, God, I want them to see this place. Would you let me bring them here to this place? 1986, I had a wife. Two daughters, Jenny was 14, Kim was 8, and my brother, Ron, was a Navy chaplain stationed with Lafayette-class nuclear ballistic submariners on Holy Loch, Scotland, and we were invited to go for a visit. So I borrowed on my life insurance, and we took a four-week journey, 10 days of which were visiting Ron and Sonny and their two kids in Scotland. And can you imagine where they lived they lived on the other side of that same hill, the hill where I had stood and prayed 18 years earlier. Now, folks, there are hundreds of Navy bases my brother might have been assigned. There are millions upon millions of hillsides on the faces of the globe. There are hundreds of inlets of the ocean into the Scottish Highlands. But God assigned my brother on that hillside of the same specific sp hill where I had asked him to let me show my family his glorious creative goodness. How absolutely amazing that was for me but it was infinitely easy for God. A huge blessing that stretched my faith. Now, obviously, my brother wasn't there for me. <laughs> 
His assignment from God was to lead sailors to faith in Christ, guys who were stationed at Holy Lock. And that was about one of about nine places where Ron served. Lieutenant Commander Ron Anderson served and was deployed while serving God in the Navy. But can you see it? mysteriously somehow in the plan of God for Ron's life and the plan of God for my life, the beauty of God's glory and goodness are all interwoven in a way that causes us to look at the majestic sovereignty of God and go, wow, don't you love it? Now, here's what I want to tell you today. The stuff of your life, the stuff of your life It's rarely about what you think it's about. God is always doing something greater and grander and gooder, if I could coin a word, gooder than you can imagine. And when you get confused or when you're in a tough place, you can trust God. You can trust that he has it in his hands and that he will bless you as you trust him. 1 Corinthians 2.9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And Paul is quoting from Isaiah 64, what Isaiah had said 600 years before, since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. What God is doing is bigger and grander and gooder than you can even wrap your brain around. And maybe there will come a moment in your life when you will get to see just a sliver of the things God is trying to accomplish with you. Don't we sometimes get petty and small. Small in our thinking. That's especially true in family stuff, home life stuff. I get so focused on me and mine and I'm especially frustrated with some situations. You know, she's not giving me the attention I need. My kids are not giving me the respect I deserve. Or maybe it's about my job. Why do I have to work so hard? And why don't I get that promotion that I deserve? Or or we get a note in the mail that says, your checking account is overdrawn. How did that happen? That's going to cost me an extra $35. Or why do I have health struggles or kids who are rebels or a family that is crazy? Isn't it interesting how we try to tell God how to fix our problems? Give him instruction how to manage our lives. But I want to say joining your life to his purposes is so much better. It's better even when it's not comfortable, even when it's not easy. And in all that stuff, I tend to make it about what I see it's about. I make it about me, but it's rarely about what I think it's about. God is always doing something bigger and grander and gooder. He's weaving it together for my ultimate good and other people's blessing and important to display his own glory. He's weaving it like a complex tapestry. He's going to, it's going to be beautiful and glorious when we see the front side. But right now, all we can see is the ragged yarn on the back side. But I want to tell you, the other side, 
when we get to see it, is glorious. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Here's the deal. Only God, the one who created you, only he knows how to bless your life in the long run. Only God could possibly weave that together with what's also going to be good for the lives of his other children too. And listen, only God is able to weave all the struggle and frustration in a way that will bring him worship and honor and glory, in a way that magnifies his winsomeness in beauty. So it's rarely about what you think it's about. God is working something bigger and grander and gooder even when it doesn't make sense to you and me here and now. Philippians 2, therefore, my dear friends, as you always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. He's doing something bigger. When we give our lives to God, we join our lives to a much grander purpose, one that he engineers. As Colossians says it, God is bringing all of creation, all of history, all of reality together in a way that will display that Jesus is master and ruler of all. Your life and the stuff in it, even your pain and frustration, your joys, your sorrows, your questions and confusion, your success and your failure, all of it, when you give your life to God, is merged into this glorious plan that God is working a tapestry that he is weaving, and you're going to love it when you finally get to see the finished product. So what are you thinking that's way too small? What is it that has you focused too narrow? It's probably not about what you think it's about. What do you think God might possibly be trying to do with what has you in such confusion. Can you stretch your mind to those possibilities? I've ridden bicycle a lot. Um, I've really fallen off my plan being here in Baxter. Um, I love riding outside when I can and I like it when I can get about 15 miles a day because uh, I've had a couple of heart attacks and that keeps um, my health, my health, uh, my heart strong and healthy. And I want to do that for as long as I can. But I took a bad tumble about four years ago, badly broke my right femur into four separate pieces. Honestly, I was tempted to show you the a picture of the x-ray, but that was too much information for today. Um, surgery to put a rod down the core of my upper leg bone. And then after spending four days in Abbott Hospital, they put me in a skilled nursing care center in Northfield. I was in a nursing home. Youngest guy in the place, I'm sure. Sitting at meals every day with Two guys who couldn't get their spoon to their mouth without making a mess on their bib. And I was mad. 
Here I was, stuck in a nursing home. And I got there, not because I was old, but because I was trying to stay young. And that made me matter. And God and I had some intense conversations. And finally, God said to me, Steve, do you think this is only about you? You're thinking way too small. You're not here just for you. After all of these years as pastor, going in and out of hospital rooms and nursing homes to minister to people, can't you see that one of the reasons you're here is for them, the people you're in here with? It took me a few days, but my mad at God found a reason, and again I said, God, you get to do with my life what you want to do with my life because you're the only one smart enough and good enough to lead me. It's possible for you to stretch your mind into that too. Joining your life to God's purposes is so much better. It's better even when it's not comfortable, even when it's not easy, it's better. So God, you're the wise one. You're the perfect one. You're the good one. You lead me. I'll follow. Just one more story. In 1993, our church in Owatonna began a relationship with a church in Kamenka, Ukraine. It was part of the Sister Church Project, and how God led us into that is a different sermon on a, for a different day. But when the Iron Curtain came down, there was this huge opportunity to help little Ukrainian churches expand into the new freedoms of their new day, especially around children's ministry and youth ministry. You see, for 70 years of communism, it was illegal for churches to have any religious education for children. Pastors went to prison for that. Kids were put in orphanages if their parents taught them the Bible. But now was a new day of freedom, and we could help them learn how to do children's ministry and youth ministry, and eventually we also helped them do men's and women's ministry and leadership development. Well, my first, my first trip was an investigation trip before we signed on, and my second trip was a connection trip so that I could connect with the church in Kamenka that was going to be our sister church. And I started remembering in preparing for that trip that God almost always is doing something bigger than we could see. And so I prayed, God, we'll show them all we know about ministry to kids. We won't hold back anything. And we'll stay at this for decades, if need be, to help them reach children and youth in their city. But God, would you do this your way? And God, will you take them beyond what we know how to do? Make them better at it. And God, will you somehow do something wider and let this somehow be a beachhead for your work in parts of the world where Americans aren't appreciated and where American missionaries can't go. 
fast forward 20 years, we were meeting together, my former executive pastor and I, to plan for a visit of the youth pastor of our sister church, a young man who I had met as a teenager on my second trip there, and he's been my faithful interpreter over my 14 or more trips to Ukraine. And I took out his most recent email, and with a deep breath, I said, Oh, my word. God has answered a 20-year prayer. The email was written not from Ukraine, but from Bishkek, capital of Kyrgyzstan. And Vadim was there for two weeks teaching church leaders how to do children's ministry. And on that same trip, Vadim... Um, had led seminars in Azerbaijan and Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan. And he's been teaching in Russia and teaching in Belarus and the nation of Georgia and Armenia and Moldova and Romania. He was teaching for a ministry called Max 7 that publishes open source free Christian education materials that are translated into more than 50 languages. And Vadim is back and forth between those countries in Ukraine and the United States with a ministry called Our Heritage, teaching churches and coaches how to use sports ministry and community events to reach people for Jesus. God took our little uh, investment, our little investment, our little part, and did something bigger and grander and gooder than we could ever have imagined. And I want to tell you, God wants to do that with your life. He wants to amaze you with his goodness and faithfulness and in the huge, bigger plan that he's working around your life, even when you can't make sense of what he's doing, he wants you to be a part of his good plan. He's an amazing God. And here's the challenging truth. There's no power greater than God's. He can do absolutely anything. And he is completely gracious and good. And he's moving all of history toward that day when every eye will see that he is worthy and he rules over all. But mysteriously, in his sovereign will, God waits for us to submit to his lordship. God will not force us to love him. He doesn't want zombie robots. It pleases him when we choose to love him freely. That's why in our personal lives, he refuses to dictate to us how much we will submit to his plan. No one is forced to follow Christ. You choose. As John Piper himself says, you made a choice. Your will was active and necessary. Your choice is real. Now listen to me. With God being that gracious and good, with God's power being so wide and reaching and comprehensive, knowing that his plan is eternal with joy and reward to, uh, that lasts forever, I want to say it's frankly dumb to refuse to let him guide your life. It's frankly dumb to refuse to let him be your life leader. It's in your best interest to align your life and your expectations to his plan and purpose. Can you see that? 
No one loves you more than God loves you. No one knows you better than God knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. No one wants your best more than God wants your best. And no one is more powerful and capable than he is. Why wouldn't you want to serve him? With a God like that, why wouldn't you want your time and your talents and your treasure to line up under his agenda? Why wouldn't you want this week, today, tomorrow, and all the days after to be dedicated to his plan? Let's pray. There's no one like you, God. There's none like you. And we struggle to know how to follow you because often your plan is bigger than we can conceive and more stupendous than, than we can control. So teach us how to walk by faith. Teach us how to trust you for what's around the corner. Teach us how to walk with you when life gets challenging and hard. Remind us that you're in charge. Remind us that you've got a plan. Remind us that your plan is eternally integrated and good. We want our lives to be in line with your plans for us. And so we say right here, right now, Lord, you be Lord. You be our life leader. We will walk with you by faith. Amen.